Hi guys, Rob here, podcast editor for EveryMind. This week is another webinar with founder Paul McGregor. This week we discuss vulnerability in the workplace. Is it good or isn't it? If you think EveryMind at Work could benefit your business, head over to everymindatwork.com to find your free trial. If you like this episode, don't forget to share with a friend and leave us a review on iTunes. And as ever, enjoy the show. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another Tuesday webinar. Hopefully you're all well. Just going to give it another couple of seconds to make sure that everyone is is joining. This is not coronavirus. This is just the flu, I believe, or a cold, whatever you want to call it. Um, we had a nice break away, but the whole family has been bunged up since we've come back. No temperatures or anything like that, but just bunged up, cough. So, yeah, I'm feeling a little bit there today guys let me know if you can hear me okay um before we start so we've got janine we've got lorraine we've got nancy we've got richard good to see you all again guys can you guys hear me just making sure you can before we jump in thank you nancy pretty nasally actually aren't i meant to be doing some videos today as well got the camera set up we normally shoot with just this is a little bit strange normally when we were creating a lot of content we had Isaac, who was our videographer. He's got, you know, amazing equipment um, and, you know, high quality kind of videos. But since, you know, COVID, it's just been me and this little boy um, in, in this room that I've seemed to have been in for the last year, it seems like. Um, but yeah, anyway, can't complain. But guys, I really wanted to make this session more about you than about us. And what I mean by that is is a couple of things. Firstly, I wanted to use this session as a check-in. So just to kind of see how you are, I want to share a couple of things that I've realized over the last two weeks as well, which will hopefully hopefully bring you guys a little bit of value today as well. But I really wanted to kind of put the emphasis on, on you. And, and I think I've noticed recently, like I said, in the last couple of days, the importance of, of talking about maybe how we feel, even if we don't know how we feel, just, just getting it off our chest, expressing it. And at the same time, the importance of people checking in with you as well. So um, I'm just going to put it out there at the beginning. So we've got Anita that's joined now as well. Janine, Lorraine, Nancy, Richard. Guys, how have you been? I know we ask this every webinar, but I want to ask, how are you? How has your week been? Have you had any challenges? How is your mental health? How are you feeling? Which is a really good question to ask. You know, not just how are you? How are you feeling? Or how are you feeling today is one that I always like to ask as well. Um, because obviously if we just say how are you we just blur everything together and we say I'm fine but if I say how are you feeling today I might say I'm a little bit unmotivated a little bit nasally man fluey etc so guys let me know how you are how have you been feeling why you do that because I appreciate that you are going to take a little while to type and I just don't want to sit here in silence. Um, I'm going to share something in a minute, like I said, that's caused us to want to do this webinar today where we really want to ask you guys how you are feeling. But I've just been sent this post on Instagram off the back of, um, off the back of a post that I put out, which I'll share with you in just a minute. And this is really what this webinar is about today. It's very informal, but it's just a check-in and, and me talking about why I think it's so important why we talk about our how we feel sometimes when we don't even know why, when we sometimes can't even define it ourselves. But this lady sent me this um, post here on Instagram. 
and it had the causes of burnout. Tomorrow we're doing a webinar um, at Wednesday, 1 p.m. Um, if you want to find out a little bit more about that, what you can do is you can go to everymindatwork.com forward slash live training. If you go to everymindatwork.com forward slash live training, you should be able to sign up there. Tomorrow we're doing a webinar, which is the five ways to help your employees from burning out along those kind of lines. And it's advising people to help them when it comes to helping others burn out. But I, I got sent this post today and I thought it was a really, really good post. And I want to quickly share it with you. Um, and if you want me to send you the actual photo of it, just drop me an email and I'll be able to do that as well. Um, and while I'm doing this, guys, do let me know how you're how you're doing. I know Anita's just put it in there. A couple of you let me know how you're feeling. Um, Janine, I think Nancy's struggling with the connection. Maybe Richard, let me know how you've been. Um, causes of burnout. So these are seven causes of burnout. Number one, you work too much and do not have enough time for your personal life, relationships or self-care. You know, I've been hammering this and, and I've been guilty of this myself. Working from home has caused me to work more, especially with the mission that we're on with Every Mind at Work. You know, we've gone from launching the business, you know, a couple of months ago after two years of development to now sort of partnering with, you know, 70 plus businesses um, and trying to help their employees with their mental health. You know, you can almost kind of imagine the amount of work that I'm kind of putting in for that mission, right? But that too much work has led me to neglect myself, led me to neglect relationships, led me to neglect, you know, my mental health. So cause of burnout, you work too much, you do not have enough time for your mental health, I like to put in there as well. Number two, you have unrealistic expectations of yourself. Another good one, right? You know, we have too high expectations of ourselves and that causes us to burn out. And again, we've spoken about that in a previous webinar. Number three, you are trying to be everything to everyone. That, that got me when I read that. I was like, wow, yeah, that's me, right? And I'm about to do a video on um, people pleasing because you are trying to be everything to everyone. If any of you can relate to that, like, you know, I'm, I'm sure some of you can when we're trying to help everyone else, but we forget to help ourselves sometimes. Number four, you spend a lot of your time around negative or complacent people. Okay, so again, like the environment around us. And, and let's be honest, you know, we can't control what's happening around us. But spending time around negative and complacent people is, is very high at the moment because of everything that's going on. We take the workplace as an example. People don't really know what's going on. You know, there's a lot of redundancies. There's a lot of pressures being, you know, happening. There's a lot of uncertainty. And that has led to a lot of negativity as well. And when we're surrounded by those people, it can obviously lead to a lot of um, burnout as well. Number five, you work with someone who undermines you or micromanages you. Number six, you struggle to set boundaries. And number seven, you are highly self-critical. So I do, I do like that. If you guys want me to send you that, um, someone sent it to me, um, I think this morning, um, it was really good, the seven causes of burnout. And I'm sure maybe you can relate to some of them as well. So um, Anita says, had a big presentation yesterday. So it was absolutely nerve wracking today. Feel neutral. Okay. Anita, post guy again he always he always comes when i'm doing a webinar um hopefully the presentation went well i'm sure in a lot of cases you was maybe um those scenarios coming on in your mind right of like oh this could go wrong that could go wrong that person's thinking this um i know from my own experiences of delivering presentations that those thoughts always happen um but hopefully it went well i'm sure it did anita and, and I, i'm glad today you feel a little bit better after it um, Richard says, very mixed, trying to support team members who are dealing with a traumatic situation, supporting the wife's anxiety with the kids, going back to school, 
finally trying to find time for myself trying to help too many folk i hear you i was going as i was reading that i was like richard i bet you could have related to that point right and sometimes with that like we're being dragged from here to there to here to there um you know you're supporting your team members you're then trying to help your wife you're then obviously trying to help your kids you're then trying to help yourself and and you're forever being pulled and you know again when we're when we're people pleasers as well and and we do put everyone else first there's only so long that we can contain that there's only so much of that that we can um do ourselves right um and you know if i'm honest one thing that i'm going to talk about in this video which i really want to touch on is the guilt the guilt that comes with you not being able to to help those people and almost understanding that sometimes you know it's their journey and, and we can we can help them as much as possible but it's their journey and and sometimes we don't give credit where credit is due and and they're stronger and we feel like we need to support them more than maybe we do as well um and I think that guilt is what consumes us the most, right? Richard, I don't know if you can relate to that, but I know, you know, when I'm supporting my team members, I might be feeling guilty that I'm not supporting my wife with her anxiety, right? When I'm trying to help the kids going back to school, I'm feeling guilty that I'm not spending time for myself. And 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 guilt consumes us. And and sometimes instead of addressing like the balance, it's more about addressing those emotions of guilt, those feelings of of guilt um that's something that i'm massively working on um, myself as well nancy can definitely relate to trying to be everything to everyone concept difficult week feels like a little walking through quicksand at times yeah i like that as well walking through quicksand janine hi paul i'm fair to middling thank you how are you it sounds like you may have a cold yeah exactly hope you're not allergic to the puppy um regards what you've just read out all of the above yeah, no, it's oh, good point. No, we were unwell before the pup. So we got a, a puppy um, on Thursday, last Thursday. Um, he's, a, he's, a, he's a handful, but you no, know, he's a really, really good dog. Uh, guilt is spot on. Yeah, 100%. Right. So guys, I really, really appreciate that. And one thing that I, I wanted to share in this webinar, and feel free to chime in at any time, is, um, again, my personal experience right and and when i talk about my personal experience i'm going to come at it from a very different angle in this webinar because all of you have been on these webinars before and um i'm hoping that this will help you right again like i want you to share and and if you want to share more please do but i really hope that this helps you because this is something that um i posted yesterday and i was very mindful of posting it and the emotions that come after it and the feedback that came after it there was a lot of learnings that i had from it and it was a post that i put on um i put it on linkedin i put it on um instagram etc and and i just want to read it to you and then i want to elaborate on it a little bit more and and you might be able to relate to this um i put i feel fed up i lack energy i feel uninspired i feel bored but i now realize all of those feelings are okay after a solid 60 plus hours working on building every mind Last week, I went on holiday with the family. It was a break I desperately needed, but since returning, I found it hard to get into the swing of things. But even though I'm struggling, I've learned over the past few years in particular that those feelings are normal. I've learned that these feelings also bring new teachings. As someone who's been pretty addicted to self-development since losing my dad to suicide in 2009, and I do that because I'm scared that I too will end up like where he did. I've always been one to fight against negative emotions. I've always been one who overjudges myself when I'm not 100%. But 100 plus self-help books, thousands of hours of podcasts and audiobooks, 
thousands of money spent on mentoring and coaching still doesn't make me immune to feeling crap sometimes, right? However you're feeling right now, it's okay. Those feelings are no normal. With these feelings come new teachings. We've got this. And I wanted to just elaborate that on that a little bit more because um, I went away for um, a week with the family and I couldn't do this Wednesday, this Tuesday webinar. I had someone who was going to do this Tuesday webinar and they pulled out and it had to be cancelled, right? The Wednesday webinar that we all did had someone ready to do that. We had some technical issues that had to be cancelled. And little things like that, I don't really worry about as much consciously but I think subconsciously I do I'm like I'm letting these people down right and then I'm aware of the family trying to be present with the family but my mind if I'm honest an entrepreneur mind never switches off and my mind is always on but I did have you know 90% of of that holiday just family time 10% work I would say then when I came home I was I got the puppy right Thursday which didn't help um Thursday Friday Saturday Sunday and Monday yesterday was just like I just just not inspired. I'm not motivated. You know, it's, it's sometimes hard to explain, but I'm sure you can relate to this. You just you just you don't know why. You can't put your finger on why, but you're like I just can't be bothered. Like, you know, I, I, I'm not feeling myself. I'm not 100. percent I don't know why. Is it the fact that I feel a little bit ill? And you just can't put your finger on why. And I think the biggest problem that we all have with mental health is we're always trying to put our finger on why, right? And almost if you compare that to physical health, like if I start showing signs of, let's say, I don't know, a physical illness. So let's say I start showing signs of like a really bad chesty cough, right? I'm looking at the symptoms of the chesty cough. I then might go to the doctors and say, I've had this chesty cough for like four weeks, don't really know what it is. They might do some like internal scans, find out what it is. And they're trying to find the root cause of why I've got that chesty cough. With mental health, we're always trying to put the finger on, why am I feeling this way, right? And we're almost saying to ourselves, I've got this chesty cough. And imagine you saying, the reason why I've got this chesty cough is because this is going on, 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 and 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 that's why. And then you just kind of like try and self-manage it yourself. With mental health, we're always doing that, always trying to put the finger, our finger on it. And and sometimes what I've realized is, is, is those emotions are okay. And it might take me tomorrow to realize why I was feeling that way. It might take me a year. It might take me 10 years. It might take me a month. But it's all part of learning. It's all part of the journey. It's all part of the process. And we are still very conditioned that there's a, you know, a quick fix, right? There's this snap. Oh, I should be feeling better now. Why am I not feeling better now? And the one thing that I really wanted to emphasize on that post is, and this relates back to the workplace, I don't, if, if you're, if you're a business leader, if you are a HR professional, if you are someone who has team members, if you're a husband, a wife, a, a mum, a dad, if you're a, a sister, a brother, a son, whatever you are, a daughter, you know, it still doesn't mean that you're immune to feeling bad, like struggling sometimes. Right. And what I wanted to show with that post, and I actually had one negative reaction to it. Like, this isn't good for your personal brand, even though, um, my personal brand is all about vulnerability and talking about my own um, personal story. But he was like, because, you know, it's a LinkedIn. It, it's not good for your personal brand because it's not professional. And that's my point. Exactly. Right. When we are, when we drop our guard, sometimes when we're being vulnerable, when we are transparent and when we're saying, Hey, I, I'm not feeling very good. I don't know why I'm not feeling very good, but I want to be open about that. We still have this, association with with that's me not performing at my highest right and my natural reaction my natural dna as i said you know 
when I lost my dad to suicide in 2009, like that was it. My biggest fear from that day and always is and always will be is I will end up like my dad because, you know, I'm, I'm honest about that because um, I was compared to him. I'm sensitive like him. I, I deal with my emotions the same way as he does. You know, I'm obsessed with stuff like my dad was and all of that. And I see that as a very good trait. My dad was an amazing guy. But at the same time, that put me on this this path, right, to to just make sure that I was addicted to getting better and and I was addicted to self-help. I had to be high performing. I had to know everything. I had to always be on it. Like I, it wasn't, and even now, there's not a time where I wouldn't listen to music sometimes, podcasts, audiobooks, listen, learn, learn, learn. I always want to improve. And, and like, what I was trying to say in that post as well was when we get in that state, we almost judge ourselves when we are not 100%. Like I thought I was past this. I thought I dealt with this. I thought I know how to deal with this. I know all of the logic behind why I should be feeling okay and how to get out of feeling this way, but I still can't. I'm still in this rubbish place, right? And and with that comes a lot of judgment. You know, why are you like this? And and what I really want to get across, and this is a bit of a run, I apologize, guys. Um, but what I really wanted to get across is every feeling is okay. Like that feeling today, I woke up and it passed way more than it had the day before. And I think the reason why it passed was because I got it out there. You know, I got some feedback. I, it wasn't just more about the feedback. It was more about, I just got it out there. I got it off my chest. I've now announced it. I've now told people how I'm feeling and I've been vulnerable. Okay, now what's the next step? The next step is get up in the morning. Um, you know, I, I wanted to go to the gym this morning, go to the gym, focus on me for a little bit, um, you know, do a bit of reading. I started to read about people pleasing, which is something again that I'm focusing on at the moment. And slowly 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 take those steps to get out of it you know and, and it isn't about those emotions are okay right and, and and i hope you realize that as well that however you're feeling right now this week next week next month next year all of those feelings are okay and sometimes the more we we push against them and sometimes the more we like tell ourselves that we need to get out of this um it can almost have an adverse effect as well right um and that doesn't mean that we are disempowering ourselves by accepting it. What I believe is acceptance is empowering ourselves because I'm accepting that. Okay, that's fine. That's okay. Like I, I can deal with that. I feel like that's more empowering than I don't want to be like this. I need to get better. I need to do this. I need to do this. I need to do this. Because when that then continues to happen throughout the rest of your life, you're always going to be, you know, punching against walls. So I think acceptance is powering or empowering, sorry. And it's not obviously something that, disempowers us in any way um guys can you relate to any of that um i appreciate this rant L please send me an invoice after this and i will pay you for uh, a 20 minute counseling session whatever your rates are right uh, janine says you are human i appreciate that yeah exactly you know we've just put a, a, an interview out with a guy called steve norton um from think money and the video title is a podcast interview of me and him was I think it was putting the human back in HR. And he made a really good point about we've forgotten, you know, we've forgotten about the human element of, of human resources. And um and like you said, you know, if you're a top performer, if you're a CEO, if you're someone who's extremely successful, if you're someone who is is really, really struggling at the moment one thing that we all have in common is we're all human and we all have emotions and we all have feelings and um the silence around it still baffles me because as you say we are we are all it's one in one we all have mental health we all have emotions we should be able to deal with it 
Anita says, I'm trying to find teachings in feelings. I think you sharing how you feel in your post is what makes it more authentic, that you are human and we can relate to you better. Appreciate that, Anita. Um, yeah, and again, like, you know, every mind at work, the app is, is very much focused on personal experience. We have Dr. Lauren Callahan, who's, who's amazing. She sits on our board. You know, I've got a very good relationship with, with her. She's, she's helped me. She's also helped Adam, um, one of our key investors of every mind um, in the past. And, you know, Lauren obviously is a, is a clinical psychologist and, and all of the content in there is, is signed off by Lauren and everything that we try to do is, 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 is focused around what Lauren believes that we should be doing. But also Lauren also knows the, the real importance of personal experience. You know, it's, it's okay me standing up here today and saying, hey guys, I'm going to give you five clinical reasons why you might be struggling today. But I feel like not everyone, but I know personally that we do learn better from personal experience sometimes, especially when it comes to mental health and emotions. You know, I know personally for, for me and my own understanding and education around mental health and mental illnesses, let's take OCD as the example. I've been very open about my, my miseducation around OCD. I've said stuff in the past, which is, which is completely wrong, right? And I'm open and honest about that because that was my education and my conditioning around the illness of OCD. You know, I've made jokes about it. I've said, oh, you know, this person's got OCD because of this reason. Now, me understanding and being educated on OCD has purely come from meeting people with the illness, right? Meeting Adam, um, who talks about his own experiences with OCD and the intrusive thoughts and the, the suicidal feelings that come alongside that. And, you know, me understanding OCD and mental illnesses and, you know, other things as well, really, I believe it's driven by personal experience. So as you say, Anita, I think um, we need to push that more than try to to hide it because um, the more we encourage people to share their stories, I believe the more we can chip away the stigma, right? So I want to ask you guys a question. Um, please put it in the chat box. The question that I have, and this might be a bit of a challenging question, um, but it's a question that I'm going to answer as well. And I always find that when I when I ask this question to my guests um, on the podcast, they always, they always struggle to answer it, right? So I apologize. But um, I'm going to ask you the question. If you could go back to, I think a really pivotal age is, is 13, 13 years old, right? If you can go back to the 13-year-old you, what advice would you give? Now, the reason why I'm asking this question, and I want you to put it in the chat box, is I believe, as I've just said, and as Anita said as well, it's about finding teachings and feelings. It's about finding lessons in adversity, right? You know, what happened with, with my dad? Like, I, I don't talk about it for pity. I talk about it to show that through adversity can come strength, right? I talk about it to show that if you are going through something similar or you've just lost someone in a similar way or you're struggling, you know, it doesn't mean that this is going to be forever, you know, and, and I, I'm very open that it took me seven years to, to even talk about it publicly, eight years to talk about it publicly. Um, so I think when we're looking back to our 13 year old selves, we probably, I don't know how old you guys are, right? Some of you might be 16. Um, we've probably gone through a lot, a lot of learnings, a lot of adversity, a lot of ups and downs, and we've learned a lot. So if we could go back to that 13 year old and we could give them one piece of advice, you know, what would it be? So um, guys, put it in the chat box. I need to think about what mine one is. Put it in the chat box and I'll read them out because I think this could be valuable for, for everyone on here and everyone who watches the replay as well. Um, 
13 year old me was very egotistical <laughs> very insecure but didn't come across as insecure wore that mask okay i'll tell you what this is my one guys and then yeah please put it in the advice that i would give to my 13 year old self would be to not try to please everyone. And it sounds so simple, but the reason why I've said that is because I'm still struggling with that, you know, however many years later. Um, and it's getting better. But what I've realized with people pleasing is it's conditioning. And there's no like light bulb moment that all of a sudden I just don't want to please anyone. Um, I'm, I'm still looking for those, though, that approval. I'm still looking to not upset anyone i'm still looking to help other people i'm still putting myself second sometimes even though i talk about always putting myself first um it's just natural i'm still feeling guilty when i'm you know at the gym working on myself because i'm not with my wife my kids you know and helping there i still feel guilty when i'm with my wife my kids because i'm not working on my mission to to really encourage people to talk about their mental health and vice versa so i think people pleasing is is a challenge that takes ages to recondition you know and i am getting better at it 100 percent. i'm a lot better now than i was when i was 13 right everything i did when i was 13 was about seeking approval and maybe being you know that person that cracks jokes because i want everyone to say oh yeah paul's funny because inside i was pretty insecure and you know wearing that mask um so i think the biggest advice that i'd give to the 13 year old me was that you know learn as quickly as you possibly can to stop being a people pleaser because it takes a it takes a bloody long time um, to be able to. Anita says, I would say it's okay to let go and be yourself. You don't need to be liked by everyone. Stop trying so hard. I love that. And that's again, that's that's similar, Anita. I relate to that because being ourselves is sometimes so difficult because we have a variety of different masks that we wear for different situations, right? And what does it mean to be a hundred percent authentic? Like, you know, I, I wear a mask sometimes when I'm with friends because I just don't really want to talk about some stuff. Um, but there's times where I know I can take that mask off and I can talk to a couple of them. So what does it mean to be 100% authentic and not really worrying what anyone thinks of you, right? Um, I really like that. Richard, life is not all about academic achievement. Follow your own path and explore your emotions. Amazing. Guys, have anyone got any more? Because I want to put this out maybe on LinkedIn. I won't name you if you don't want me to name you, but um, I like these. These are good. Life is not all about academic achievement. As again, you know, I think that's hammered at us from a very young age. We have to be academic. We have to reach levels of success. We have to do X. We have to do Z. Um, and I think, as you said, Richard, we start to realize that academic intelligence is important, but emotional intelligence is far more important. And that's just my own two cents. But, you know, I think there's a big emphasis in, in the curriculum for, um, you know, achieving grades, achieving an, a letter on a piece of paper in comparison to this person is, is amazing with people, right? This person is compassionate. This person has been able to deal with and manage adversity throughout his whole school years at a very young age, right? And, and, and rewarding people for the emotional intelligence side of it rather than the academic intelligence side of it. 
And, and it's interesting to see um, you say there, Richard, that that comes from pleasing parents. Richard, you don't have to disclose. Was your parents very forceful of you getting the grades, getting the academic achievement, almost putting that on a pedestal? Yeah, 100%. And in a way, like, you know, again, that's just their conditioning, right? Because when they were growing up, if you got a good grade at school, it meant you had a more successful life, um, I'm guessing. Um, you know, my, my, my dad was more forceful than my mum was, you know, to go to university. I never went to university, but, you know, my dad was very more <clears throat> get a solid nine to five and work up the corporate ladder where my mum was like, as long as you're happy, you're happy. Um, and that makes me happy. So, and I see it all the time. I do a lot of talks in schools. I do a lot of content on um, TikTok, believe it or not, um, where a lot of the comments, a lot of the messages, a lot of the people coming up to me at the end of the school talks are very much based around their 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 stress of getting the grades that their parents expect of them, you know, and and getting these academic achievements that that is being forced upon them as well, and and how they really struggle to deal with that. And, and as you said, and as we continue to say with people pleasing, it's the same as that, Richard, right? It's that conditioning and, and trying to break that conditioning, in my opinion, takes a long, 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 long time because it's been something that we're conditioned to to do for such a long time as well. So I like that one as well. Janine, um, I would say you will always be enough. Oh, that hit me. That hit me. You will always be enough. I like that. Nice. Yeah, I like that a lot. I really do. Um, you'll always be enough. I don't know why that that, choked, that made me like, I don't know. I think because it's that, um, the affirmation, right? The people pleasing element that I'm trying to tackle at the moment, a lot of it comes from affirmation. Um, have you guys ever done love languages? So there's something called the five love languages. Search it, you can do a little test for it. It's good to do with your partner. You can do it with your kids as well. Um, and, and really what the five love languages is all about, and this was really, really helpful for me, was we all experience love in very different ways, right? And, and you know, take me and my wife for an example. When, when we, we did this test about like five years ago, I was working with a mentor. And he said, look, you know, go and do this love languages test, see what it comes back as. And you answer this series of questions and they seem a bit like, why am I answering this? But at the end of it, they give you your five love languages and they, they rate them as what's the most important love language to you. And my wife, on the other hand, you know, her love language at the time, we do it probably, I don't know, once every year, maybe I'd say. Um, her love language when we first did it was was quality time and acts of service. So those two, quality time and acts of service. Mine were words of affirmation and I think I think physical touch. So the five love languages, if I'm correct, is acts of service, quality time, physical touch, words of affirmation, and receiving gifts i think it is um and the problem that people have is my love language is words of affirmation now i don't know where that comes from i think that that's comes from i've always wanted validation i've always been i've always wanted when i was growing up to be told that i was good like i was really good at football i was i was this i was that and i was always looking for that external validation i think a lot of that was because you know my mum and dad were naturally very insecure they were people pleasers as well and i think i just obviously you know inherited that as well developed that trait from them where you know didn't have didn't have a huge amount of self-esteem and and I look for that word of affirmation. So when my wife tells me that I'm the greatest husband ever, like that makes me feel good. I'm like, oh, wow, yeah, I feel loved. But 
if my wife, and this is going to sound terrible, you know, acts of service isn't a very high love language for me. So when my wife um, would make me dinner, you know, personally for me, I don't see that as her expressing love, right? Her, on the other hand, if I go and make my wife lunch right now, her, her love language acts of service is very high. So for her, she knows that's me showing her love and she feels loved by me doing that. You know, if I go and say to her, look, like last night I did the ironing, right? You know, don't don't worry about the ironing. You've done loads today with the kids. You've done this. I'll do the ironing. And I know that me doing the ironing has sitting there watching telly. And, and even though she doesn't say it, she's like, oh, thank you. And she then starts giving me words of affirmation, right? Um, so I would highly recommend that you do your five love languages because it's important to find out how you like to be how how you like to experience love um and the reason why i think janine your comment through me you will always be enough because i'm like that's that's something that i've always looked for that external validation for right and and telling myself that and actually believing that is is definitely a journey that i'm i'm on as well cool guys this has been fun for me i don't know if it's been fun for you but i've learned so much from it hopefully you've learned a little bit as well um Guys, it's always it's always really kind of encouraging to to hear your openness um, on these webinars. Um, really, really do appreciate it. Anyway, appreciate you all so much for joining. I'm going to go get myself a lem sip and have some food. Um, enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy the rest of your week. And I'm just an email away if you need anything. All right, guys. Speak soon. Bye.